Hey, podcast family. Welcome to an episode of Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And this week, we are going to be chatting with you all about raising kid entrepreneurs. Tara, what did you want to be when you were going to grow up? I had a couple of options. I think the very first thing I remember is pediatrician. I was very specific. I wanted to be a doctor for kids. And then um, at some point, it just morphed into like a businesswoman. I don't know what it was going to be, but it was. <laughs> I wanted to wear suits. It was because you saw that movie Baby Boom with that's Diane right. Keaton we talked about last week. That's right. right that's right. Yes. Yeah, so what about you? When I was growing up, I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. Nice. Yes, I wanted to interview people. Was there somebody that you were like, like you wanted to be like? No. <laughs> You just that sounded really good. It sounded good, and that's <laughs> yeah. what I was going. But somewhere along the line, that changed. Mm-hmm. And growing up to make money, all we really had was you could have a lemonade stand or you could sell cookies. Right now, kids are making serious, serious money. You know, you have the TikTok generation mm-hmm. kids that are making millions of dollars playing video games, mm-hmm. and parents are just be- realizing that kids are becoming entrepreneurs. They are. They have way more options than we did. Yes. For sure. Today, what we're going to do is talk to a couple of kids who are entering the entrepreneurial space, Mm -hmm. who are doing more than just selling lemonade and baking cookies. Mm -hmm. Doing more than I'm doing as an adult, by the way, (laughs) just to be very clear. (laughs) And we're going to start our conversation by welcoming to the family a mother and daughter who penned a book about the pandemic and their experience surviving the first 100 days. Their book, it's called 100 Days Inside. Mm -hmm. And we are super excited to welcome the youngest guest we've had on the show. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to welcome Fiona and her seven-year-old daughter, Maddie. Fiona, welcome to the conversation. Hi. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. We are thrilled to have you, and we cannot wait to chat with Maddie and find out what it's like to be a seven-year-old kidpreneur. But let's talk with you first about what it's like to be a mom raising a child entrepreneur and how you and Maddie came up with this idea to pen this remarkable book. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea came from being inside during the pandemic for so long with an only child and just trying to navigate all of her big feelings around the changes and and you know I was working from home or I still am working from home now and she's virtual learning so that was where the book came from <laughs> well Kanji and I both have had the same experience we both have only children and we're both working from home during this pandemic or at least for a part of it and I got to tell you neither one of us came up with an idea to write a book so we bowed down right <laughs> off the right off the jump <laughs> thank you that's awesome And so share with us how you guys got started with the book writing process. Yeah. So I just in general like to write and I really wanted to do a project with her and have her kind of experience something from start to finish. And that probably stems from my dad. Uh, My parents are entrepreneurs, they're business owners. And he did something similar with me when I was 14, except it wasn't a book. I think it was a mail marketing. I don't remember. We had to like 
what do you call it, lick envelopes and send things out to people. But his whole lesson in that was making sure that I understood the concept of like starting a project in a business from start to finish. And I wanted to kind of pass that on to Maddie, but in a more fun and interesting way since she's only seven and her attention span is really short. (laughs) So I thought this would be cute. So I came up with like the concept of the story and then included her. I told her about the story and we were working with um, a really talented illustrator, Karan. And so every time he would send an image, she and I would look over it together. And I always made sure to ask what her opinion was and get her input and any changes that she might want to see. She helped choose the fonts and contributed to the storyline also, um, since it is based on her experience. So that was like the process of it. And she was I think later she'll appreciate it more for her. It was just like, okay, you know, we're, we're doing this thing because mom said so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an art project. <laughs> it's like childhood because mom said so. That's, That's right. why we do yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us a little bit about the book, spoiler free. Yeah. The basis of the book is it chronicles an only child's experience during this pandemic. And the focus is the emotions that are like the different emotions that she's going through. And I wanted it to also feature our diverse like family aesthetic and also the fact that we're in a co-parenting dynamic. I'm a really big, big advocate for representation and being myself biracial and bicultural. And then, of course, her having that also, like having that diverse makeup and family and background. And also based on some experiences we had when she was younger, like I understand how important it is for children and for everyone to be represented in what they're consuming, whether that be media, literature, everything. So that was all of that went into like what was going to make this book. That's amazing. I I will tell you, I I looked at the book myself and I was on your uh, Instagram account sort of looking at some of the illustrations. It really is gorgeous. You had an excellent illustrator on that book. He is amazing. And he's- I thought they really captured what you were trying to um get across with representation. I thought it was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Fiona, you mentioned that you um, are biracial and also um, bicultural. What is your ethnic background? My dad is Black American and my mom is Ecuadorian and she's an immigrant. So she didn't come here until she married my dad. Hmm. So that was interesting upbringing. I can imagine. I used to live in Ecuador. Oh, did you? Yes, I lived in Quito, Ecuador. I lived right near Cerca del Bosque. I attended uh, the Catholic University of Quito. Oh, my gosh. That is such a rare... No one even knows what Ecuador is. (laughs) That's a very small world. She's going to be over the moon. She gets really excited when anyone even knows what Ecuador is. Never mind studies there and lives there. (laughs) Please tell your mom that I would love for her to make me um, a cauliflower sopa. Ooh, okay, I will let her know. <laughs> and Tara's like, Kanji wants anyone to cook for her, especially because she doesn't cook in her house. But that is it's so wonderful. So great. I love that you are, are able to share with us a little bit about the bicultural and biracial experience. But more importantly, do you think Maddie would be willing to chat with us for a couple of minutes? Yes, let me get her. She is right here. Hi. Hi, Maddie. How are you? Good. Man, we're so excited to talk to you. Thank you for joining us today. I can't believe you're seven years old and you've already written a book. Thank you. I'm excited too. (laughs) So Maddie, can you tell me what is your favorite part about the book? I like the art page because I like art. And I like the school page because I like school. And 
um, I like the friend page because I love my friends, and that's all the pages I like. You picked some of the most amazing pages, and mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you like the friend page. What's your best friend's name? Colette and Issa. Like, actually, like everybody, all the kids in my class are my best friends. Oh, I love that, Maddie. Maddie, do you know that you are a published author? You are a seven-year-old and you've already written a book. We are so, so proud of you. You have accomplished such amazing things and you have the ability to keep accomplishing great things. So would you mind telling us what you want to be when you grow up? There's like a lot of things that I want to be. So I'm just going to say like, two of them because I really want to be a police and like fighter fighter and um I want to be a teacher and I want to be um I forgot the other ones those are good choices and I think you can be all of those things I agree Maddie if anyone can be the world's first police officer, firefighter, teacher, all in once, it can probably be you. Totally you. (laughs) We thank you, Maddie, for writing this book. And we hope that lots of other little kids are going to read it. And I hope that our sons read it. Can you please put mommy on the phone? I just want to ask her a couple more questions. But we thank you so, so much for writing this book. Thank you for joining us, too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. There's one more thing that I want to be when I grow up. Okay. I want to... um. I want to own a job. You want to like own your own business? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're on your way. You're already making a name for yourself. And Maddie, when you own your business and own your job, can you please hire me and Miss Tara? (laughs) We're coming to you. (laughs) We're going to hold you to that. And we have it on tape. So we're going to keep this tape for probably another 20 years. Okay. (laughs) And you guys can be the boss. Okay, we're ready. I love it. I love it. We have a plan. Thank you so much, Maddie. Can you put mommy on the phone? Yeah. Bye. 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 Thank you. (laughs) Hello. Fiona, you've got you've got something on your hands there. She's got big, big plans. I hope you're ready. And Fiona, you said that your dad kind of inspired you to have the entrepreneurial spirit. And clearly that is showing in Mm. Maddie already. Can you just give some advice to us? And to other parents who are listening, what can they do to encourage their kids to be entrepreneurs? And what is it that you're doing to continue to encourage Maddie? The most important thing just comes down to instilling confidence in them. That's what my parents did for us to make sure that we knew that we were capable of anything that we were willing to work for and put the time in. So my goal is, and what I hope I'm doing, (laughs) I'm trying to do is instill the confidence in her to know the same thing while also helping her with like these type of projects so she gets the hands-on experience of creating something from start to finish and getting, you know, building that work ethic. Yeah. Well, do you think there's going to be a sequel to the um, 100 Days Inside book? I hope so. I don't know if it would be a sequel to that, maybe that, but I do want to create a series kind of based on her different experiences. And then my like dream (laughs) what I would love to see happen with this book at some point eventually in life maybe is to turn it into an illustration and create maybe a a web series or a a cartoon. Oh, I love that idea. 
<laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's completely doable. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wanted to thank you for taking the time to, to share with our family a little bit about you and your daughter and your venture and just know that we are rooting for you and we're rooting for your success. Although we kind of wish it hadn't been formed of this 100 days inside, which <laughs> yeah. has now become 200 days inside. Yeah. Um, Before we let you go, Fiona, why don't you tell our listeners kind of where they can find you online, where they can find the book. That way we can get all that up for you. Thank you. So the book is available on Amazon if you just search 100 Days Inside. Also on our website, 100daysinside.com. And then on social media, we're at 100 Days Inside Book. Awesome. You guys make sure to go check that out. We're so excited to talk to you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being so willing to join our family. And I am looking forward to having you on when you have your next book come out. Oh, thank you. We look forward to it too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank Maddie for us. And you ladies take good care of each other. We will. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 So we have another guest today we're very excited about. This is another kidpreneur. And usually we have female guests on this show. That's right. That's right. But we're breaking the mold because this kid <laughs> we're all deserves in. it. Very Super exciting. Awesome. That's right. So um, we're welcoming to the show Milo August the 3rd. Milo, how are you today? Pretty good. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to talk to you. I'm excited too. So Milo, congratulations on launching your coding business, The Kexpert. Can you tell us a little bit about your coding business for kids? We're curious about how you got started with this. My parents got me into coding because I loved math and computers when I was young. My dad noticed I was really good with using tools and building things. According to my parents, I was really skilled in math since it's my favorite subject. I was playing computer games, well, math computer games when I was four where I had to destroy asteroids by solving the math problem on the asteroids. I also took apart a lot of computers when I was about six, which helped me learn how a computer works. When you were six years old, you started taking computers apart. Yeah, yeah, with my dad. Milo, you've already beat Kanji and I, like just in trajectory. <laughs> You're way ahead of the game. Because <laughs> most six-year-olds are playing with Legos. Right. And you were playing with and building real computers. Now, you started coding. How did you know that you really wanted to um, share your knowledge of coding with other kids? Yeah. Well, first of all, my mom came up with the idea during these times because there's so many kids at home and school's out. Mm-hmm. So we figured I might as well just teach other kids how to code because I'm really advanced on on my knowledge of it. So you started this business during this pandemic? Is it kind of new? Yeah, we already had our first beta class. Mm-hmm. It was kind of rough, but we got through it. <laughs> <laughs> and just for, for Kanji and I, beta means like test, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Milo, that was just for me. Tara knew what it was, <laughs> but she saw the confusion on my face. Um, no, so tell me, how did you get into teaching other kids to, to code. How do you teach kids to do that now? Is it all online? Oh, uh, yeah, it's online right now because of these times. You can't really go to the other person's house, obviously. But yeah, we set up a Zoom meeting. We do all that stuff. But ahead of time, you have to set up the actual slides and figure out the entire lesson plan. That's really the hardest part. Preparing yourself for the class? Yeah, because sometimes I forget how kids are basically starting with zero knowledge of coding. Right. So sometimes I talk to them like they have some kind of experience coding. So I forget sometimes. Oh, I get that. I have that same trouble at my job. (laughs) And kids aren't the only ones that have zero knowledge of coding. That's right. Yes. So Milo, if someone wanted to hire you or if a kid wanted to learn how to code or 
a kid or a kanji want to learn how to code? Tell me, how, <laughs> how would we walk through this? How would we do it? So you're talking about me teaching you right now? Well, yeah. yeah like if we wanted to hire you, we how wa- would we do that? Yes. If we wanted to hire the expert, what would we do? Okay. First, you have to sign up at the website. <laughs> okay. And what's the website? Thekexpert.com. Okay. Okay. Once you sign up and you pay my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you schedule like a class one-on-one or is it a group class? It's a group class, but you can actually do one-on-ones for like an extra fee, I think. Yeah. Yes, once per week. Nice. That's a great model. Can I ask, do you teach a bunch of different coding languages or do you have one that you really teach? Um, Right now it's Python. Okay. As more students get more advanced, I'll, I'll start teaching C Sharp, C++, and C and HTML. Those are more advanced languages. Yeah. The kanji's making faces. She didn't even know what Python was. <laughs> so I'm like, y'all talking about a snake, music lessons. You talking about C sharp. <laughs> That's now, incredible. Yeah. So how many classes are you offering right now, Milo? Five classes. And this is on top of your regular schoolwork, right? Schoolwork, track, and yeah, also my personal projects too. Mm, what grade are you in now? Eighth grade. That's amazing. How are you balancing all that? Is it tough? Oh, it's not that tough. I mean, I wake up, I do school until about three or four. Then I work on the class until track practice. Mm-hmm. I think probably about 5.30 to 7.30. That's the workout period. Mm-hmm. Then like eight o'clock to like 11, basically bedtime. Then I would do my own personal projects. Wow. What kind of personal projects are you working on? Creating games with a tool called Unity 3D Game Engine. Wow, you're way ahead of the game doing the absolute most right now. And you are, um, you do track and field and basketball, right, Milo? Not basketball, just track, baseball, and flag football. Oh, just track, baseball, and (laughs) flag football. (laughs) Take one away, add two. I see, I see. (laughs) So a kid wants to start his own business. What would you recommend to someone who is 11, 12, or 13 years old? I would say... First, capitalize on what your talents are, then try to find a business based on what your talents are. No idea is too big, in my opinion, because (laughs) I plan on making a game that could go famous, which is a big idea, but I'm not afraid to try it out. Oh, continue to be fearless, Milo. That's something that we love about you. That's amazing advice. I'm going to be watching for you. Okay. And I'm going to be watching to make sure that you send me any contracts my way, because if you ever need an attorney, (laughs) just reach out to me. (laughs) Well, we thank you so much for talking with us about the Kexpert. You are the Kexpert. Yeah. How did you get the name? Oh, uh, my mom made it up. Kid Tech Expert. Hey, okay. I think it's catchy. It is catchy. It sounds like your mom has really helped you out, kind of getting this business started and, and helping you cultivate ideas. Yeah, she came up with the idea of the business. She did? We would love to talk to her about that. All right. You have such supportive parents, and we are really, really excited that they are letting you share your talents with other kids in the whole world. So we're going to ask to talk to your mom, but please tell your dad that I said hi, and we hope that you guys are doing well. Thanks, Milo. Thank you. Milo is such an impressive young man, and how much of that can be attributed to his amazing parents. Tara, I'm going to share with you that I do know Milo's parents, Mm -hmm. his mom and dad, Sojo and Milo are friends of ours from when Joey and I lived in New Jersey. Okay. And his mom actually designed Roman's nursery when he was a newborn. Oh, wow. 
Wow. So it's great to have her. Welcome to the conversation. Sojo, this is Kanji. It's good to talk to you, my old friend. I know. And I'll never forget that. You're like the one person I'm like, who had labor was like five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we yes. heard that labor <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> we yes. had, yeah, we had an episode where we shared our labor story. And you, if you have not I heard listening listeners, you, can, you will hear the labor pains <laughs> and all okay. of the sounds that came along with it. But it's yeah. nice to hear you. And how impressive is Milo? You have three amazing sons. Tell us a little bit about your sons and your motherhood journey before we talk about what it's like specifically to raise a kidpreneur. Oh my goodness. I'll say that probably like you both know, you know, when you become a mom, you don't realize how you're going to be until it happens. And so I think it made sense that I have boys. I <laughs> think God knows what he's doing. It's like I'm a good mom boy, boy mom, what did I call it? Boy mom. Yeah. <laughs> They, they're a lot of energy. I think I'm a lot of energy. I think they're more energy than I am. Um, but it works because I think that we like look and see what they're into. We try to cultivate that. Um, I think very early on, our goal was just to understand and learn who they were, their personalities and not try to make them gravitate toward any one thing. And that's worked well. They've gravitated toward various, um, whether it's different subjects that they like in school or sports or extracurriculars. And it's worked out because I think when you force kids to do things, it's challenging and also gives them a chance to communicate with us what they're thinking about in a way where they feel free and open and they don't feel restricted, you know? So that's, I think that's helped. It's hard. <laughs> it's obviously very hard work because you want to raise good humans, right? I mean, the biggest thing was just, you you know, Kanji, you know, I have a very, we have a very uh, rooted uh, faith in God and we understand these kids were stewards, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're our kids, but are, are, we're responsible for how they can become adults and contribute to the world. So it's a big responsibility and an honor. And that's really our perspective and how we parent. Yeah. And, and Milo was talking about how you have cultivated his entrepreneurial spirit because you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your um, entrepreneurial activities, Miss Boss Wife, Mom Life? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, my background is architecture. And for almost 10 years after college, I, I was a traditional architect. I worked you know, as an interior architect for a few luxury brands, but I stayed in my field and then dipped into event planning kind of by accident but it was a very simple transition because all of the sort of skills I've acquired over over the years, educationally and professionally, they they just worked really well in in the event space. And so I went into events. It was fun, and again, I, I I've enjoyed all of it. But a big part of it was just being able to have more control over my time, mm -hmm. um, and that was a result of becoming a mom. I'd always thought before becoming a mom, I would go right back to work. I have the nanny. I'm just, you know, career driven. That's that. And uh, after having Milo, <laughs> really, it was just like, it was rough going back to work. We, I did the whole thing. We had a nanny and she was great, but I just didn't like how I felt missing things. And that was just me. And it did shock me. So when I got into events, aside from being able to still utilize those, those um, skills that I've acquired over the years, it was about being able to take on clients when I wanted to schedule meetings and whatnot around what worked well, it gave me the chance to still be with him. So really, he's a big reason that I decided to go that direction. Um, and over the years, just been building a business. Um, it hasn't been the fastest, you know, I'll say, um, growth, because again, I still spend a lot of time 
being available to my boys, you know, being available to take them to activities, sports, I, you know, up until having our youngest Chadwick, CJ, up until being pregnant with him last year, I didn't miss not, you know, not one single game, baseball, track, soccer, anything. So that just kind of gives you a <laughs> example of how yeah, you're committed for focused, sure. you're yeah. committed. So yeah, all in all, I think that's the big thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to decide you know, things you're working for yourself. So then you gave that flexibility. You can work as much as you want, as little as you want, obviously taking into consideration what that might mean, but that was really the big piece of it. So they, they see that. And I think that it's been easy to explain because they've experienced um, what it is. Yeah. And raising a kidpreneur, how are you able to instill in him the same work ethic, but it doesn't seem like you have to instill anything. Yeah. In it seems like that seems <laughs> he's born with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been um, a go getter. You know, when he's into something, it's like you just like you got to just kind of get out of his way. And equally, when he's not into it, <laughs> you know, he's just like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah. So my husband really has done a great job of giving him access to a variety of, of tools that he had. Our middle son, um, LJ, he's, he's he likes to code. He knows how to code his passion's not there for it. And that's okay. So we saw that Milo had a passion for it. And after one of his first classes many years ago, he then went looking and digging up old college books, uh, computer science books that my husband, you know, we have a bookcase of a zillion books that we don't look at anymore. Um, He pulled them all out (laughs) and started reading them. And next thing he knows, he's having these conversations sometimes debates with my husband about coding and they're just talking coding. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like it's just, they're in their own world. That's a whole other level. It's, I, we, it's a whole different we thing. We <laughs> don't have computer textbooks in my house. <laughs> and I for sure don't think my son would be reading them if we did. <laughs> right? yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And so if you could, Sojo, give someone advice on what is the most challenging thing of raising a kidpreneur, what would that be in your experience? And and how would you share with other moms how they can navigate this space? Sure. Well, I'll say it's, it's really about that balance from the parent side. In other words, as parents, whether we're working for ourselves, working for somebody else, um, and even if you don't work and you're, you know, your stay-at-home mom or parent, um, you're still working, <laughs> right. right? You're still doing stuff. You have responsibilities. So we f- we understand that even if we don't feel like doing something, you still have to do it. So the challenge has been remembering, number one, he's still a kid. Yeah. And um, while we'll talk and we'll have dates and we'll have sort of, you know, targets and explaining how to back things out. You know, you can't just say we're having a class starting in December and you're going to finish the lesson plan the night before, you know, you have to do a lot of things before that. So we have to, um, there's patience and, and I don't feel like I'm the most patient person, but I've had to, I'll say God has had to really help me remember he's a kid and you're teaching him skills, things that you just take for granted that you do because you've had to do those things and you're used to it, whereas he's not. The one thing I would say is make sure that whatever your child is sort of into or their their goal for this bit, whatever business that they're going to start, that they really are passionate about it. Because if it's not, and it's, it feels like, you know, they're doing it because they're trying to maybe please the parent, it's just going to be really rough, you know? But if they're passionate, like he, he wants to code all the time. (laughs) Like we have to put restrictions on how often he's in front of the computer. So there's no lack of desire to do it. That's, that's first the passion. The second thing is about teaching balance and making sure that 
he's not in front of the computer all the time. I know he kind of gave you guys a schedule. It's not like that every day of the week. That's like, you know, it'd be three days of the week. Because we, we want him to, as we know, you have to take a break from things, do something else and be involved and then come back to it. So we've had to be patient in ourselves to remind, you know, remember that he's a kid and our job is to keep that balance going in all parts of his life. Number two, Give him the bigger pieces of it so he understands why the schedule is important, why there's deadlines. Yeah. And then if he misses a few, you know, not to be super hard on him because that, that's, that's also the piece of it where we, I hate lectures. I hate over lecturing because I hated to be lectured too. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to sound like that, but then we say, okay, listen, if we don't finish this by this deadline, it's going to push back these three other things. Mm-hmm. And then if you push that back, you're not getting paid. He's like, okay, well, bottom line, yeah. <laughs> it comes back full circle. So that's the reward of it. You know, you want, you know, do something really nice and sort of express your passion and teach it. That's with, for him, at least it's teaching. But there's still a reward of getting paid. And so, you know, he's had fun being able to spend his money mm-hmm. <laughs> on what he wants. Nice. So that's nice. Yeah. And the whole thing is super, super nice. And mm-hmm. um, the Kexpert, I love the name. I love that he is so passionate about coding and his willingness to share that with other kids. We have a family and friends discount so he can share his knowledge with Roman. <laughs> Keep me posted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No. So if anyone wants to, um, <laughs> d- does Milo have any classes that are starting soon? If anyone wants to yeah. hire him or book him for one of their coding classes, what would they do? Just go to the website? Sure. Yeah. So on the website, there is, um, it's not, you know, too many pages, like I think three pages we have there. Um, there's a class section. You can see the classes that are offered. What we're doing is his, his, the intro class that he just did over the summer, that's available in December. And then the next um, part of that, basically it's a stepping stone mm-hmm. to the next level, level one, that's beginning in uh, December. So we've got f- uh, five classes um, that he's been creating lesson plans for, but we're just releasing them at different dates. So right now there's two. There's like the intro to Python and then like the beginner one for Python. And you just click on it and sign up. What happens is afterwards we reach out to all the the students and they get to choose one of two days of the week. And if there's any real big challenges, like we have had some kids on the West Coast and versus the East Coast, different time zones, we will talk it through to see that we can make sure that we can get everybody in the same class. But if for some reason we really can't, we've been really flexible with it because we've had the time to do it. We work with everybody once they sign up to make sure that they can hit the class. Yeah. Awesome. So it's the Kexpert, K-E-X-P-E-R-T dot com. That's correct. Awesome. Awesome. Everything about this is super awesome. And thank you, Sojo. And thanks, Milo, for sharing his story with us. And keep us posted on his growth and his development. We're curious to see where this business goes. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. We're honored. (laughs) Okay, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Sojo. Take good care. Thanks, guys. Bye. This episode, we had the chance to talk to some crazy, fabulous kids. And it gives me such faith in that generation. Yeah, the kids are all right. The kids are all right. (laughs) I fall back on that quite a bit. And one of the things that I'm going to take from this episode is that it's important to kind of figure out what your kid's passion is Mm -hmm. and then support and encourage that. I agree. So with Gage, what is he passionate about? If he was going to start a business, what would that be right now? I think... What we're finding in Gage, um, he's very passionate about creative stuff. He loves to draw and build things and and make stuff out of 
<laughs> trash, essentially. Like he's constantly pulling things from around the house and like making dioramas or creating little scenes or and he's always drawing and kind of coming up with his own his own worlds with his art. He this summer really wanted to start his own YouTube channel. Like he came to me and like talked to me about it and he was going to be home. So we were kind of talking about it. We couldn't we didn't have a chance to sit down and like dig into it. And I was thinking about it the other day that I I need to sit down with him and revisit that. So I don't know. I think it would be something with art, something with creativity and and possibly like some of the new media we're seeing. Right. He'd love to do his own YouTube thing or TikTok, make his own videos. He would love to do that. What about Roman? Roman loves Roblox and animation and drawing. And so maybe we will take advantage of that family and friends discount with the Kexpert. That's a good idea. Yeah. Some coding classes because they might be in a business together when they yeah. get older. Who knows? And yeah. we'd be interested in hearing from you. We'd be interested in hearing from you, family. Like, what is it that your kids are interested in? What are they passionate about? We love it when you reach out to us and, and engage with us on social media or send us messages. Let us know. We want to learn more about you and your family and your kids, what makes them tick. And know that we're kind of here to give you a pep talk as you're on this motherhood journey. And speaking of pep talks, you know, this week we were just named one of the 15 best parenting podcasts by Good Housekeeping to give you a pep talk. I loved it. Yeah, That was amazing. So it's great to have recognition, but more important than the recognition is just having this family of mothers and of women and people that are committed to learning more, to doing more and doing better for our kids and for ourselves. Yeah, we love sharing with you guys. As you know, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Black and White Momcast. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and on Google Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. You can leave us reviews and messages there. You can leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading all of them and sharing this with you guys. Thank you so much. And as we head into this week, we would be remiss without special thank you to all of the veterans out there. Mm. My veteran was my grandfather, John E. Matthews Sr., served in the Korean War. So for him, his memory, all the veterans out there, thank you for fighting for freedom. And moms, thank you for continuing to fight the good fight. Take good care. My grandfather was in the Korean War. I didn't want to jump in. It was good. It was a good moment. No, it was good. No, no, no. It was perfect just the way it was. It was good, just the way it was. I was Tara's just like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Tara's grandfather okay. was in the Korean War My, too. Yeah. Shout out to what was your granddaddy's name? We got <laughs> Leslie Tolan. <laughs> Leslie Tolan was in the Korean War. I wonder if our grandfathers served together. No, I think it was still segregated barracks back then. What uh, what branch was your grandfather? He was a Marine. Okay, my grandfather was in the Navy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the Korean War they were still segregated, right? I'm pretty sure they were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was still the yeah, 60s. In the 50s. 50s, 60s, 50s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 50s, yeah. that's right, because my parents were in the 60s. That's right. Yes. Joey actually met my grandfather before he died. Took him to a Yankee Stadium game. Yeah. Who's Joey? <laughs> Who is Joey? <laughs> this is going to be oh, the fun cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> Joey is great. Thank you.